Welcome to the C2C podcast, the podcast powered by Bevy. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love all in 15 minutes. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. I'm excited to have our next guest, Tessa Creasel, who is head of developer community at Twitter. Tessa is tasked with engaging with the community of developers, which comes with its own set of challenges. Luckily, Tessa uses what she calls the three-step model to building trust. In today's episode, she shares what this process looks like and why building trust is so important in any community. So Tessa, let's begin. Can you talk a little bit about the developer community at Twitter and explain exactly what it is that you do? Yeah. The developer community at Twitter right now is a little bit like haphazardly created and that I think there was some strategy at some point in time, but there's just a lot of things that were created out of necessity and haven't gotten a lot of strategy behind them. So I'm a lot newer to Twitter. I joined them in March. So I'm looking at like nine months, I think right now. And I'm just starting to like dive into like, okay, how do I re-strategize some of these community programs? And a lot of that really just comes down to, you know, working with the developers and trying to figure out what their needs are, ensuring that I'm understanding our offerings. I've been doing a lot more internal things to start to get to know What does our team structure look like? How are we communicating with developers? How can we do that in a better way? So, you know, I've been in a lot of really curated roles and that I've kind of made them my own. So I don't even know what a standard community manager role essentially looks like. Um, So I've spent a lot of time working with the rest of the company just to educate and help them to better understand like just that frame of thinking and, and what community really means. And I think a lot of that has been just advocating on behalf of every developer that I talk to um, and bringing all of that back internally. And that's totally community manager. I don't know why I felt it was so different, but <laughs> I know everyone is like, mm-hmm, yep, that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of a fun challenge to inherit a community that grew organically and grew out of necessity. And then to, you know, kind of almost take steps back and then determine those strategies and put those processes in place after the fact. And I know that building and managing a developer community comes with its own set of challenges and building and managing a social media company or community has its own set of challenges. And you do both. I do definitely work at a social media company, although they they clarify themselves or classify themselves, I should say, as a media company just due to the news that, that is published on Twitter. But I work specifically with the API. So I am hyper-focused on developers and how they're utilizing that product. And oftentimes, like, forget there's this whole other exciting side of the company that I work at. Um, I actually met a fellow community manager just the other day, which was something that I didn't know existed. I kind of figured there was people, but I hadn't taken the time to really, like, figure that out. And it happened, like, very haphazardly as we were talking about putting some really good, like, initiatives and projects and effort towards, like, trying to bring the, bringing, like, Africa into a more place where, like, they can contribute to the rest of the world in the same that way they way that we do and they definitely have a lot of drawbacks and so we've got a really awesome like resource group where we're all kind of working on that together so it was really cool to meet someone else in a totally different space uh related to community very cool i would love to hear just like because you talk about developers and the challenges that come with developer communities i hear that oftentimes it's about building trust with developers and that kind of has its own set of unique challenges and opportunities that you have to overcome how are you working to build trust with your community of developers yeah that's definitely like at the heart of every developer community uh developers by 
nature. And I, I have no idea why I'm a developer myself and I catch myself doing the same exact things, which is why I can relate and build community for them so well. They really don't want to trust anyone by default. So they will trust other developers if they've proven some credibility. Maybe they know a language they know or they agree on the same thing. Is it tabs? Is it spaces? If you say the wrong one, your enemies, um, you know, so it just kind of depends. They, and they kind of have like this little natural ability to just block out other things. And so, you know, marketing pitches, uh, sales pitches, just anything that doesn't seem authentic, they can see right through it. And and they're like, nope, I want nothing to do with that. And, you know, working at Twitter uh, with the API, I'm sure some community managers won't know this, but Twitter had some very drastic changes that they made to their API in the past and unfortunately kind of cut off some developers from some features pretty abruptly. And we all kind of know what that's going to end up like. Uh, so it's been it's been challenging for sure to join a community that that is in a place of somewhat lack of trust, especially when you're working with developers. And that's such a key part of what you're doing. You need to have that trust to really launch any type of program. Um, it's been pretty difficult, but I've definitely been focusing on how do I build trust? How do we bring that into our programs? What do we what do we do to just add that little tiny nugget of like extra trust when they're when we're communicating, you know, when we're chatting with them? We just had an email copy that we were looking at the other day and we just shared some commentary asking for some feedback. And in that they had kind of had some type of a deadline that they wanted. And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> we can't dictate when they need to have this done by um, because like this is something that they're doing and they're they're kind of reaching out for reaching out of their way to go about doing that when we haven't necessarily delivered an extreme value to them. I have this kind of building trust model, as I call it, essentially, that is like a, a three-step process that I think is really key with developers. And a part of that is like providing them just a tiny little value before you ask for something in return. And so that tiny little value needs to be delivered before you kind of bring in that second communication of, hey, can you provide feedback? Can you respond to the survey? And I've I've had to kind of go around and like implement that in as many places as I possibly can, which has been awesome. But I'm so ready to start to dive into some of that like uh, actual community strategy, build some programs, do some really awesome stuff for our developers. Okay, I need you to go through this three step process to building <laughs> trust in a little more detail because you were like, oh, I have this wonderful nugget, this like golden nugget that I use all the time and like then breeze through it. So like, okay, what is your three-step process to building trust? That sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and great question. I probably should definitely dive into that. So the first step is a little bit more complicated. I actually have a really awesome example on my own community, on my developer mindset website, if anyone's interested in kind of diving into that example. But essentially what I do is that first step is where I call build trust, right? So that first step is that first engagement you're going to have with someone. So you either want feedback, you want survey results, maybe you want them to join some program that you're building. Um, and in that, it's just very meticulously well thought out. So it's uh, addressing them by name, being very direct about who they are, complimenting them for their work. So providing some form of like, there's that happy little feeling that you get in your tummy when like someone says something nice about you. And then, you know, just ensuring that whatever I can mention, I mention. So um, the example in my community, I actually talk about Batman. So the person that I, I like rip through and kind of stalk and try to like formulate this amazing response for is actually a friend of mine. So I was like, hey, can I use your profiles to kind of like Google stock you and, and showcase to my community members what it looks like to really like dive through and do this research. And he's like, sure. So he loves Batman. And so do I. I'm a huge fan of Batman. I don't know why. Maybe because he's like the only one that's like a natural superhero. He's not like some <laughs> magic, like bit by a spider superhero. And so I added that in there, right, too. So I'm like, you know, hey, Roy, 
you know, I'd really love to chat with you. Like I, I noticed your work on WordPress. I see that you're a core contributor. That's so awesome. You must have a strong passion for open source. And then like, I also saw that you like Batman, like my favorite superhero, what's your favorite movie? And that's how I end it because I want them to like, I want them to have this like strong passion to write back. And so when it comes to developers, they're so opinionated, like I said, tabs versus spaces or any other kind of opinion that they might have. And if you can tap into anything that they're really passionate about, they are destined to want to respond to that. So when you ask them about something they like, and I think that's really anyone, right? If you ask me who my favorite dog breed is, I'm like, let me tell you a story about all the dogs I love. (laughs) So it just gives them this like little, like kind of trailing question for them to want to respond. From there, I have a very candid conversation with them, and that's the part of the building trust. So it's calling them out, complimenting them, making sure that I'm very thorough with that first engagement that goes out to them so that they want to write back, and then just making sure that I continue to make it about them. Um, And I actually will do that for days before I will even get to the point where I ask for something because I really want them to know that like I'm there to meet them, I'm there to talk to them, and I'm sure eventually they put two and two together because they're smart. But when I compliment them and when I talk about things that they care about, about, then they're like, well, you know, it's okay. Like she seems great. Like this isn't so bad. (laughs) And so having that conversation and then I try to like wrap that up, you know, you know, when you're having like a Twitter DM, which is usually my main communication, you know, it's back and forth, right? Someone might write back one day, the other person write back the other day. um, And then I leave kind of a, an amount of time. But in that amount of time, what I'm doing is I'm thinking about what kind of value I can provide to them. So I'm trying to ask very important questions so that they will give me responses that will start to allude to like, what can the Twitter API and Twitter provide to them that they can't get somewhere else. And sometimes it's as simple as like an introduction to another developer who has a common problem who solved their problem with their business. Or sometimes it's, hey, like, have you seen this resource? And they haven't seen it before. Other times it's like a little bit bigger items where I'm like, hey, would you like to do a blog post or do you want to be in a tutorial we're building? And those are obviously awesome opportunities for us, but they're, you know, we're Twitter. So for them, they're incredibly amazing opportunities and they see it as, as a way to kind of like elevate their career, or elevate their, their professional reputation. So just finding that little nugget of trust that I can provide to that person or value, I'm sorry, provide that like value that I can give to that person so that by the time that I'm ready to make my ask, they're like, she cares about what I care about. She complimented me for my work. She's provided me some kind of a value. Now they're like, oh, I want to help this person. Right. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people listening are like, oh yep, that's the sweet spot where it's like, I want to help you now. I want to be your friend. What can I do for you? And then that third step is like, make the ask. So once you've done that work, you've built that relationship, you've made sure that you've provided a value to them before you've asked for something then you make that ask of what you're looking for. Do you want to join my feedback program? Do you want to, you know, whatever it might be, do you want to give a testimonial around a certain product? You know, whatever that that essential ask is. Awesome. I feel like, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's very repeatable, that process. And I like that it starts with that transparency, you know, like, I love Batman. Let's talk about Batman. You're really showing them who you are. And that I think, you know, pulling down the veil of the company, if you'll call it that, that's definitely a good first place to start. You mentioned very briefly just there, the feedback program. Can you talk more to, like about a feedback program you have with the developer community at Twitter? Yes, absolutely. I'm super glad that you asked about that because right now I am like strategizing and rebuilding our entire feedback program 
And it's very exciting work. Previous to joining Twitter, they had a user voice instance, which if anyone's not familiar, it's a platform that allows you to essentially get feedback and other folks can upvote it. It's very community driven if you have the engagement. There is not engagement there. <laughs> There's like maybe 100 ideas total from the when they launched that. And I think that was last December. So it's been pretty slow going uh, in terms of that. So I've been thinking about what does it look like to have the best developer feedback program because it's Twitter, right? Like our API matters. It affects people's lives. There's a lot of academic researchers who use our API. There's just this very awesome community of people who have this need for the for the data that like Twitter has, right? And so I want to ensure that like everything that we're delivering with our product, which even though it's not my responsibility, it feels like my responsibility because those developers are my responsibility. And it's my job to go back internally and advocate on their behalf. Um, so the things that I've made some shifts around is that we're starting to do some private product councils. So we're starting to introduce and um, invite people into some product feedback groups. Um, so that's kind of one piece of it is starting to roll out some of that private side of it, um, which is something Twitter in the past hadn't done very strategically. They definitely had candid groups where they brought people in, but trying to do them in a way that, again, is like using that building trust model. Developers don't want to answer your surveys. I shared a really good analogy this week. I think it was um, if you hadn't waved or said hello to your neighbor, you're not going to ask him to watch your dog for a couple hours, you know? So it's it's one of those things where you have to ensure that there's that piece of value there before you ask them for something. Um, so as that a part of that product council. It's just making sure that the copy is right, making sure that that relationship is established before we invite them, um, making sure that, that we're thinking about how they want to have content delivered or how they want feedback delivered. But the other piece of it that we're changing is really just kind of the whole public, the public facing side of that feedback. Um, so user voice is getting a redesign. It's going to be very centric to what we need at that time. So it's going to be very Twitter focused and like, hey, we're building this product. Um, and I should say very roadmap focused, not necessarily Twitter focused, but Roadmap focused and like making sure that when folks are joining that they're they're providing feedback at the stage that they're working in. If folks are in a beta program, which we've launched some beta programs, making sure that they're coming back in providing that feedback at just the right time. But also making sure that research has a place at the table in our user voice instance and making sure that community can showcase some other programs that we have going on. So it's really just redesigning it to make it a more cohesive landing. So when you go there, you're like, yes, I have feedback, but you walk away where you're like, oh, I found the answer to the thing that I need. And I was able to provide some insights into this research study, which again, like I said, you don't want to send a lot of cold surveys to developers without that relationship. So it gives them the opportunity to kind of opt in themselves while they're already ready to like provide that insight. A few other things that I've, I've adjusted, one thing being, which I'm super excited to implement, like so excited, is to update our change log. Right now we have a change log where we release changes, right? Like everyone's got a change log. Here's what's changed in our product. I think the one thing that's going to be huge for, for building trust is to put thank yous inside of those change logs. So we're going to start bringing in, so any developer who participated in the private council, anyone who participated in user voice that month or any, or cycle, I should say, anyone who participated in like a tweet or a forum forum thread or anywhere else where they provided some level of feedback, they're going to get a nice little shout out in there. So that gives them the ability to feel like they had a part in this change, which I think is incredibly valuable. And especially, again, coming back to the situation where if I'm trying to build trust, I have this amazing opportunity where I work at a company that a lot of people value and they see as an opportunity to um, amplify their career, build a reputation, uh, you know, all of those awesome things. So making sure they get like Twitter dev shout outs on our Twitter accounts or making sure they're in blog posts or inside of that change log and getting just what I like to call give the credit where credit is due for that work. 
I love that. I love the idea of adding someone's name into, this is why we made this feature change. This is why we made this new thing, this new update. Thanks, so-and-so, for that great idea. I think that's that's totally going to have more people provide feedback in the future. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, I like to end every episode with the same question. What is a memorable moment you've had in your community? I know you've only been there since March, but think back to the last nine months. There's been a couple. And I would say for me right now, what is so close and near and dear to my heart is anytime when someone positively talks about the Twitter API, just because of the past and, and the rebuilding of version two, like there's just been a lot of, of varying communications. And I think it's been a little bit difficult to follow and fully understand what we're trying to do as a team. And, and I've been trying really hard to get the Twitter API team to be more transparent about that so folks can better understand what it is that's happening. Um, but we actually had an office hours instance not that long ago. And I just used this in an, an ask me anything on the community club but it's such a great example. We had an office hours and currently our office hours are invite only just because we are Twitter. So the opportunity of someone from a different place who wants to come and troll or or try to like spam our office hours is very likely. Um, So we're just trying to invite developers on a weekly basis of people that we've been engaging with recently. And we had someone come in who doesn't even use the Twitter API, but they had reached out through a DM to myself and had asked about a few different questions and said they were interested in diving into it, but they weren't sure if it was something that they could trust or a product that they felt like they could rely a business on. And so this individual actually came to our office hours and one of our amazing MVPs started talking about how easy it was to use the Twitter API and how much he like loved the team and how great it's been to interact with us and help to build stuff together. And by the end of the time that we had left office hours, that other individual was like, yep, I'm going to dive into the Twitter API. So it's just like one of those moments where you're like, you do something because you're just like, I'm just trying to build trust in every way possible. And then you have that happen and you're just like, Ooh, this is exactly why I love my job. And it sometimes only takes one person. Like it only takes one person to be like, you did a good job to be like, this is why I'm here. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Tessa. It was such a pleasure to have you. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great talking about all of the awesome community stuff happening at Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own event community, go to pod.bevyhq.com. That's pod.bevyhq.com.